Matthew, what's happening? I, How I you tried doing? Something, I tried something new tonight. What did, you, what did you do? I actually started the show. Oh, you, you okay. So we know, in fact, we're going out. It's recording this yeah. and going out. We're not going to do what we did last week, which was 10 minutes of just the two of us talking. It was such a crushing blow when we realized we had to start the show again after, a, I mean, let's face it, a golden preamble. It's the best uh, unre- we've ever had. Unrepeatable. And it's it's long. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that was so that was kind of shocking. How's uh, how's your week been? You've been my having week, a good time. Um, yeah, my week's been okay. You know, the, the best part of my week um has been the Turkey Hill Triopolitan ice cream, which I think we might have did we speak about this on the show before? No, many foods have come up on the show, yeah. not this one. Okay. You know, Tree of Neop- life. you know what Neapolitan ice cream is, right? Well, I know what a Neapolitan is, so. Well, Neapolitan ice cream is the ice cream that's got chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry all in one right. container in stripes. Yes. Never yes. of any interest to me whatsoever. It wasn't one I would go, f- like, ask for at, no. the, at the 31 flavors. Yeah, I thought it was a stupid ice cream. But Turkey Hill has this thing that mom brought home. Uh, she brought it home a few months ago and it changed my life. Uh, and again, I have to say we have no sponsors on this show. We don't get paid when we, when we mention something that's great, we're just mentioning it because it's great. The Turkey Hill Triopolitan is a dark chocolate, vanilla with caramel in it and mint chocolate chip. All you just, you just fill your bowl with this. That's ridiculous. Yeah. And that's the uh, way it should be. Mom keeps bringing it home and I keep eating it and getting larger and larger. So a- I asked you how your week was and that was your answer. Yeah. Triapolitan that's- ice cream, Turkey Hill. Tri- they make many different Triapolitans with three different mm. flavors, all the different ones. But the one that, that really just, I, I, I think a serving, a quart is a serving size, I think. Okay. That makes sense. That's a general rule of thumb for ice cream, though, right? <laughs> yeah, serving size. The serving sizes are the pint. It's it comes in the already in a. I mean, the pint is a container. Yeah, of your bowl. I mean, why would you mess? Why with would you take it out of that container and put it in a big bowl? Doesn't make any sense. There's like a great you, story about you, mom. Mess with that beer. What's the answer to that? What? Oh yeah, it it comes in a glass. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. You know the great story about mom and ice cream where she finished a bowl of ice cream and apparently she was very, she was quite sad. When uh, she finished the ice cream I don't know she, the specific story. It's one of my favorite quotes of all time. She finished a delicious bowl of ice cream and looked up and said, it doesn't help. <laughs> By which it's she clearly just went, Eating the ice cream doesn't diminish your desire to yeah. eat ice cream. Completely understand. Yeah. yeah. Most yeah. everything else, you, you do just... you do the thing and you've done it and you're happy about that. No, yeah. ice like, cream wow, is I miserable. Yeah. And in yeah, fact, if if you're if you can actually get to the point where you worry about it being over when you start, then you really got something. Yeah. <laughs> So you're kind of anxious about this of already being going to be done soon. 
Yeah, what I'm I only going to have this one quart of ice cream, and then what how, am I going to do? How many bites are in here? I've, <laughs> I've, it's going to be over at a certain point. Yeah, my life will be empty when I'm done with this bowl of ice cream. <laughs> That's great. Um, so you had ice cream this week. You also yeah. said you, you, you know, you're, you're not going to be in New York for the long haul. Uh, eventually, you're going to be going back to the West Coast. I, I so I'm you told me back to the West Coast in about two months and i'm taking an incredibly circuitous route i uh, okay he conducts the london symphony orchestra doesn't he <laughs> yeah circuitous route yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh god uh i'm heading back with my friend bruce and we are going to johnny appleseed our booze the batch 22 booze all the way across the country. So our first night will be in New uh, will be in New Jersey at the home of a friend of his. Uh, but then we go from there to Baltimore, and we hit some. And each city we go to, we're going to go to the big local, like popular liquor store. Like in Scarsdale, we would hit Zaki's. Um, okay. Uh, so we're going to research this before we leave and have appointments set up uh, at, with the buyers at the liquor stores and then also with the best mixology bar we can find in each city. Uh, we're going to meet with them and introduce them to our booze. Uh, we're going to Baltimore, Lexington, Kentucky, Nashville, Tennessee, Atlanta, Georgia, uh, South Beach, um, West Palm, Tampa, New Orleans, Austin, San Antonio, Santa Fe, Phoenix, Las Vegas, Los Angeles, San Diego. My goodness. That's uh, it's like you've made the trip across the United States like five times longer than it would normally be. Yeah, there has to be. Yeah. And I'm in, I'm interested in how Florida heavy this is. Uh, well, we, we have some friends and we figured, well, we're trying to hit apparently Illinois, New York, Florida, Texas, and California, those five States, um, account for 40% of the spirit sales in the United States. We drink all the booze. It's just good. That's those, those are the places. Yeah. We can't include Illinois in the trip because geographically that would just be. It's way out of your way. Yeah. Completely. Insane. You're already taking the Southern route up. So, right. so at some point we're just going to fly to Illinois and, and, and go hit up places little, or little, hire somebody. A little tactical, a little tactical run. And if you hire yeah. somebody, I hear that, uh, you know, young, interesting, exciting people in their 20s are really good at selling uh, beer and booze and things like yeah. that. Is it traditionally uh, the job of uh, the middle-aged uh, man in a sweatshirt? Because <laughs> I've, I've been to bars where they have the, try this thing, it's great. And it's usually, it's usually no. like, you know, a really like some fashion models or some dancers yeah. or some people with flaming and, stuff that's the tricks that they do. And yes. It's rarely, and, it's just 
<laughs> yes. And it will be that eventually. <laughs> we are not going to be going to the bars and meeting with patrons. We're going to be going to the bars and meeting oh, with, with okay. owners. And I thought it was like you're going to be there with a tray, like no, wandering we're around. Bringing, we're going to be bringing our bottles okay. and saying, here, taste this, and it will be available soon. Once we've done our production run, then we will be having the kind of events you're talking about. And we'll be hiring a company with young, okay. attractive, interesting people to be there to say, hey, try the bamboo. Yeah. Or, or, you ever you know, try to drink like this? And here's yeah. this, this is what's special yeah. about it. Yeah. No. And um, we'll be working okay. in the background. I mean, I think you're awesome guys. You're very attractive with it for your generation and I, I think that's great but um now i'm clear you know, on what you're you doing you called me a middle-aged guy in a sweatshirt so there's you, you know, well i look i was just yeah. if i can if you need to borrow some clothes for this trip for this meetings <laughs> with like at nightclubs with fancy people then maybe a trip to tj maxx just <laughs> i just see you wear that sweatshirt a lot <laughs> it's this is there's there's uh, there's like one person watching this and everything else is a podcast so this sweatshirt looks great on the radio right and that one person i mean mom already knows you're wearing a sweatshirt because you wore it today so yeah. she's not going to be worried she's not going to be worried and actually i hate to tell you this but i dressed up for the show you should have seen what i was wearing 15 minutes ago moving on okay to other topics yeah um do you have anything to tell us about your week it it went by very quickly and rapidly it's been busy with uh with teaching stuff and um uh my part of the what i do at at pace um the craziness is this is this month this is my crazy month there so um directing a um guiding some really great young actors at the school through some scenes uh, that they're, we're, they're going to shoot. There's like a lot of scenes, like 17 scenes and getting to know people and directing them that you've, if you've never met in person, it's, it's very strange. It's getting, uh, it takes a lot of getting used to, but it's going well. It's just taken most of my week. So nothing, uh, nothing scintillating. Just really? good old fashioned work. Yeah. Because I would love to talk about other things. I'd love to keep talking as long as we possibly can about other things. No. When did you when did you when did you see the film? I saw the film yesterday and today. You saw it twice. No, no. I started watching it yesterday. And finished um, it today. And finished it today. And I am still feeling the gravitational pull of the empty, dense black hole sucking me down into a vortex of nothingness. That was that was pretty heavy. So today we're talking about a movie called The Black Hole yeah. from 1979, directed yes. by Gary Nelson, written by Jeb Rosebrook, um, with a story. Oh, he wrote the story, and a guy uh, named Bob Barbash. Uh, had the story. Those other people wrote it. Uh, Somebody they probably wrote would. Story. I'm sure they'd appreciate my not naming their names. <laughs> Don't name them. This movie uh, was written by by getting a 64 sided die die and writing a different plot idea on each face of it, 
and then rolling it and randomly yeah. <laughs> randomly putting things down on paper. Yeah, apparently Bar Bob Barbash was the guy who rolled the rolled the dice down the felt strip at the writer's room. Starring Maximilian Schell, <laughs> Anthony per Anthony Perkins. <laughs> These aren't things to laugh at in and of themselves, oddly, no, but they're not, but they become they become things to laugh at. Um Robert Forster, um Yvette Mimu. Uh honestly, uh, you know, oh uh, not to forget uh, uh Ernest Borgnine. Mm -hmm. You know, uh, Ronnie McDowell, I don't think he made it onto the set. He has a voice performance in this. Let's suffice to say as, this as is this was is a Slim Pickens. As was Slim Pickens in my favorite cast role in the film. Um, suffice to say, this is a group of fine people. I wouldn't want to see this happen to any of them. And yet it did. And they each give a performance as if they are trying to escape the black hole of this script. See, you've hit it for me. This is, you, see, we're, we're different here because I think this experience made you sad. And this is, this experience for me gave me so much life energy and so much, I was so enthusiastic. I was, I've, I've been so on riding a high since seeing this film. Uh, I think it, I think that uh, it's going on a, a very short list of, of really notably um, what the hell happened here movies. What the hell happened? What, the what hell? happened? You know why it makes me sad? Is I watch a movie like this and I think to myself, any idea that I ever have should be greenlit. <laughs> well, this yeah. my worst idea is is a thousand times better than this movie. I I would I would only argue that I think there's nothing wrong with the setup just as a concept the setup great but it's also not new because it's heart of darkness it's it's the same apocalypse now it's the same story that apparently you go to space and it has to be about you know finding somebody's dad in outer space uh you know that's usually what it is there's always like searching yeah, there for was, there was the more recent movie right with the uh who goes to space in a, in a recent movie in in search of his dad? Uh, yeah the 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 um Brad Pitt movie. Yeah, yeah. Goes uh, to, I, yeah, I forget what that was called. Goes to name from the Fugitive. Tommy Lee. Tommy, Tommy Lee Jones. Jones. Yeah, it's that movie. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Contact was Jodie Foster looking for her dad in space. Right. Um, Interstellar is is Mike, Matthew McConaughey being a dad who's looked for, which right. is just inverts it, but it's got to right. be a dad in space. The uh, Wind in the Willows. Yeah. No, not um, the Wind in the Willows. Wrinkle in Time. I'm sorry, I get them confused all the time. <laughs> wind in the Willows. Yeah, Wrinkle in Time. You know, it's a it's a classic. The 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 Bruce Willis uh, Michael Bay asteroid movie. The, uh, we the what was that? For our dad in space. Well, sometimes it appears he never dad dad didn't do space movie. No, but but sometimes I think he's in space and we should go looking for he's, him. He's he's just thinking. Oh, okay. That's what he's it just is. He's thinking. Yes. He's okay. thinking about stuff. Um 
so, okay, why I feel this is such a great movie that has to be discussed is because it fits the criteria that very, I love, I love disasters of films. I love them. I love watching movies that, that were compromised and, and people may, you might call them bad films. I don't, I think they're true artistic expressions that just are unique. They're uniquely shaped and formed. That's what I think of these films. And this one, this wow. one is, this one is like on a top shelf. This is top shelf right next to batch 22 in the sense that it hits for its, for its uh, weight class. It hits the perfect note, which is it, it really should have been better. You had the cast, you had the money, you had some time. There is no reason why it is this bad. If a group of amateurs get together and make a B movie and it's bad and it's funny or the room, it's like they're doing the best they can. And in a lot of ways, like that should be celebrated. But here we have a movie that is there's no reason why it's as as catastrophic as it is so you you say this this fits, is in the category of it it should have been better i know category it couldn't be better but the reason it couldn't be better is because there's no reason it's not better and and that's what makes it so special yeah i also think it's in another category which is couldn't have been worse i don't think there's yes anything... it, totally wrong you're completely off made base. this movie worse. Um, all right. Well, I will I will argue with you that there are there are some things in this in this movie that are great, but that's a technical thing. It's not are you talking about the, the Aristotelian references of uh where they no. start talking about the cause of all causes? <laughs> Sick to <laughs> cause of all causes. Let's um, let's tell people what this movie is about. This is we've lost everybody. They've tuned out already. This is a film about. Uh, okay, how do we condense the story, Matthew? Do you want to take a crack at it? Oh, geez, yes. A a there is a ship uh, with a, a crew of a, a captain, the 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 seasoned old captain, the young whippersnapper, second in command. A, the captain is Robert uh, Forrester. Right, the captain's yeah. Robert Foster, then then Mr. Bottoms, Jeffrey Bottoms, Bilbo Bottoms, I think. Bilbo wasn't Bilbo it? Bottoms. Sorry, no, it wasn't Bilbo Bottoms. Bottoms. It's crazy. No, um, uh, uh, Joseph Bottoms. Joseph Bottoms, the, the young whippersnapper. Uh, there's Ernest Borgnine, who is just what like does he play? An oh, the old cantankerous guy, <laughs> salesman who's a along on the trip for some a curtain, reason. A, a curtain rod salesman yeah. who stowed <laughs> away a tweed leisure suit. <laughs> um, Yvette Mimieux, who's an ESP person and can com communicate with the robot. She um, communicates through ESP with robots. I just want to highlight that yeah. so people hear and it. Anthony Perkins, who is the science officer, mm -hmm. um, and they kinda are. Like Kind of like Kinda the Spock, like Spock character, but but uh, human, um, and very late in the movie revealed to be a love interest of the captain, which is never touched upon until the end when they hold hands. There um, are a couple of surprising hookups in this movie. Yeah, so <laughs> they are they are exploring the universe. I don't remember what it is they're looking for initially. 
they're but exploring they, like Star Trek. Like I Star think Trek. They're just going where no people have gone right. and they're going. And then they they run into a uh, a black hole and they're well they like, see they don't run into it, they, they see they it. They see it. And then they detect a ship that had left the planet Earth many, 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 20 years ago. Many mm. 20 years ago. Many of those 20s. <laughs> yeah. And they they try to contact the people on it, and they can't. And so then they board it. It had disappeared. It was ordered back to Earth. It never came back to Earth. Is they this your elevator it. pitch? <laughs> Is this how you do it in an elevator? In a studio? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Keep going. I think yeah. you forgot one thing, though. Yvette Mimu thinks her dad is on that spaceship. Well, he was on that ship when it left Earth. Right. Yeah. So they board it. Dad in space. And and uh, discover Prospero. Not Prospero. <laughs> but you know who I'm talking about. Yeah. Prospero and Klaatu Barata Niktu. Klaatu mm -hmm. is on the ship, but he had red paint spilled on him. Um, I feel like, uh, you, the way that you like to enjoy movies is not tuned to enjoy this film. And I'm going to try to, I'm going to try my best to, uh, frame it through my eyes so you can fall in deeply in love with it the way okay. that it's meant to be loved and cherished. Okay. Now, had, had you, had you seen it before? Um, no, I am strapping okay. myself in and I'm ready to go on this Disney ride with you. Which did it make you clearly what they were planning in this movie? Was did it make you laugh? Did, did it, it make, make you laugh? laugh? Or were you in torture? I was mostly tortured. And then late oh. in the movie, I started laughing at some things. Okay. Well, here's the difference between you and I. I saw the movie this afternoon. I'd seen it as a kid. Maybe it's seen a couple of scenes from it since, but never the whole thing again. Um, I wasn't a fan as a kid. I felt when I saw it as a child in 1979, which was before I started high school, I was young and I still yeah. betrayed by Disney. Yeah, I feel like it's insulting to children, this movie. But it's not insulting to me now. And I spent the afternoon enthralled and laughing my ass off like a maniac for an hour and a half. I, I kid you not. I couldn't begin to tell you how funny I think this is and how, and how it's funnier the more you think about it. Because if you start to think about the fact that this is a Walt Disney movie and this is Disney's absolutely panicked response to Star Wars. Star Wars comes out in 1977 and it, destroyed the industry basically because right. it just was the biggest thing that ever happened and disney who up to that point had been the only big company that made these family kid adventure movies like that was disney's job that they, they were stuck with their pants down like they didn't know what to do and they all freaked out over at the studio and, and decided they that they were stuck with their pants down they decided to take them off and wave them around entirely. in the air and light their hair on fire and run down the street. So what I love about the movie is you have to include the corporate panic that's going on behind the scenes. The reason that they're making the movie, which is to try to keep up with Star Wars and the youth culture that's starting. And the fact that the, to do that, 
they hire the oldest TV director that they can find who like literally was famous for Gilligan's Island. <laughs> See, who I had... wish I'd watched this movie with you. If I'd watched this movie with you, I might have enjoyed it. Okay, so you've got this. This is all happening. And you've got kind of the equivalent of um, like when, when uh, Bonnie and Clyde came out. All right. Bonnie and Clyde came out and it blew the doors off the world. Like people couldn't believe this modern, violent, crazy movie that had come out, changed the landscape of movies. And that year, uh, the studio outing that won the Oscar was, was Dr. Doolittle. <laughs> was the musical version of Dr. Doolittle. And that was the crisis point moment where they realized like that was Altamont <laughs> for the studios. They, they put out, Dr. Doolittle and it was the same year that they made Bonnie and Clyde and they it was like this huge miscalculation it was a disaster and this is the same thing this is Disney hiring a bunch of old white dudes to try to keep up with George Lucas and they can't even get in into the burlap sack to get across the field it is so funny to me another reason why I think you're going to love this movie when you see it through my eyes, is that a great movie, a great bad movie, which this certainly is, always has scenes where you can actually look at the actors in it during the scene thinking, oh, my God, what have I done? I want to escape. What has happened? Anthony I have Perkins, to call my agent. Anthony Perkins looks like he wants to commit suicide. He looks so sad that he got involved in this from the minute it starts. Yeah. He's totally upset. Robert Forrester just looks like he doesn't know. He's just given up entirely. He just grunts lines. He doesn't know what they mean. He doesn't care. I think the only person is safe to say that looks like he's having a grand time is, is Ernest Borgnine, who always looks like he's having fun. Always looks like he's having a good time because he can't believe he's getting paid to do something that he doesn't know anything about. Yeah. he's. It's <laughs> always like, well, at least I'm not unloading a truck. Like, yeah, exactly. acting for him is like i'm and just then, at least i'm not unloading a truck and then there is there's maximilian shell who best, is very best. slowly very slowly swinging for the fences but swinging it, for the fences in slow motion again best for last maximilian shell is an actor who looks like he had to have like five schnapps before he started talking at any given moment and I am a friend in this movie. A friend and colleague is in this movie. Who? Um, an, uh, you can tell a fellow, me. A fellow professor at Chapman University. When are we play, having drinks? Plays Captain Star. Get out of here. Stop it. Tom McLaughlin. Stop it. Teaches intermediate production. As well as, you know, I teach one section, he teaches another section of intermediate production, and he played Captain Star. My, uh, my, my, deepest my deepest respects. I don't know what to say. <laughs> I don't know what to say. I, I mean, can you see what I'm talking about here? Like, why, what, just let's frame this a different way. This is the same thing that happened to Disney. Disney goes, all right, we've got to beat Star Wars. So I've got this idea about the black hole. We're going to double down and spend all of our money on this movie. All of it. They tried to rent 
the computer controlled cameras from industrial light and magic to make this and that they were too expensive ilm was like yeah they're you know here and they were like we can't afford that disney built their own system apparently it's built better it. it's better they built their own system and it's better and you can actually see that it's better in the movie i think if you put the two films side by side what i do think is literally great about the black hole is that it's space design stuff the models the ships how they shoot that stuff it's um a little disney but it's fantastic they did such a great job on the on the mood on the black hole itself on the ships i thought that was great and um it was very celebrated i think effects people still really like that part of this movie a lot um so again it's like it's got i hated i hated the ships in this movie well um we we agree to disagree i I felt like okay they were designed to incorporate the disney ride into them uh agreed i think you're talking a little bit about the interiors and it's not the design of the ships as much as i'm talking about how they're photographed how the matte paintings work what the lighting is like on those ships and how how when you think of other movies that had come before it how advanced that uh look was at the time was pretty good it was actually it was technically pretty on point um i mean there were design flaws all throughout that's what i'm saying is like this combination of why wasn't this better like there are shots in it that rival star wars and yet the zero g gravity stuff is literally like from 1950 there's right. things there's things I, that I fall got distracted from by things like a hole being ripped in the in the superstructure of the movie so that the actors are actually exposed to outer space mm. and they don't die immediately well that's and, not and a design I problem <laughs> i was also distracted by one scene in which an actor actually goes out into open space for for a, an extended period of time with no spacesuit on and doesn't die mm-hmm. i got distracted by that you can exist in space apparently for like 30 seconds to a minute without dying really yes it is a fallacy that you you shatter like glass or that you explode or any of that happens you can actually technically physically do it for for a bit you have to apparently like shut your eyes and like hold your breath really hard. Can we hear you yelling and screaming? No, not in space. That time? Okay. Not in space. Cause because in, in, space. This movie, in this movie, apparently we can. Well, I don't think that that's the only thing scientifically that we could pick apart on in this no. film. No. There's a, there's a certain point where I have a fairly long section clip audio clip that I feel should be played in its entirety um at some point oh, it will be and um oh, it, it goes a long be. way to describing what kind of movie this is i think that i'm shocked that you weren't more enthralled by the worst screenplay the best worst dialogue in the world you have a okay i have, Slim- many, I have many lines written down some of my do you want to hear some of my favorite lines i do well, there's one moment where there's a whole bunch of dialogue going on, but while while with the other characters, but while it's going on, Maximilian Schell is engaged in some very important calculations, getting ready to launch something. And he says, R squared, B plus, B 
squared over a squared sine squared data. <laughs> that's that's what he's mumbling yeah. to himself as mm -hmm. as other dialogue is going on. They just told him to improv that. I have a feeling. Ernest Borgnine at one point says he's going to do it. He's going to do it. He's really going to do it. <laughs> um, Reinhardt will solve the one final mystery that has eluded mankind. Because <laughs> apparently so he solved every other mystery. There's so many. And 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 uh, Anthony Perkins says that, and Yvette Mimio says. Or he'll die in the attempt. Alex, mm -hmm. I'm beginning to feel you want to go with him. To which Anthony Perkins responds on a glorious pilgrimage straight into the mind of God. I do. I do. <laughs> and this is the, the moment in the movie where suddenly the black hole is like, oh, it's not just a black hole. This goes into the mind of God somehow. And now we're in a, some mystical realm that hasn't been touched on before. What is your problem with this? Why are you loving everything? 100% on the roll jet quads. <laughs> and also activating the micro beams, which they then do. And we discover a microbeam is otherwise known as a spotlight. A giant laser spotlight, which is not yes. really a microbeam. Activating the microbeams. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, yep. There are a few other lines, but they were lines that I believe you 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 had in oh, your okay. I have lines in my in my uh, cl audio clip, which is kind of a Maximilian Shell love letter. It's my it's my homage to his performance in here. It's my love letter to him. There are other lines though that I captured that are even different than that. Um, do we? You know, when they, when me, we first tell me when you want to hear them. Well, I want to tell you these lines. I'm 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 actually very well, you anxious. Tell them. Okay. All right. No, I have. I'm saying there's so many lines. I have five here and then the clips there's like oh, i didn't okay. even have time to grab these go for it when robert forster when we first learned that vet you can communicate through esp with robots we learned this by him saying see if you can get through to the vincent on your esp which when i heard that i was like this is a movie where we we're, we're going to psychically link with 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 robots i was expecting much more of that uh theme um, Robert Forster also gets to say, I don't know and I don't like it. Yeah. Great line. Um, that Reinhardt sure likes to play God, doesn't he? <laughs> that Reinhardt sure likes to play God, doesn't he? Okay. Uh, let's pray he was a genius. Let, let's, let's pray he was a genius. That's amazing. Yeah. But best line of all to me this is the funniest this is where i died in the couch today slim pickens does the voice of a bashed up old rodeo robot who helps to see like the funny cow cowboy comedy cowboy thing robot. yeah and slim pickens and um he's apparently been uh, tortured by the big scary red robot that has a big featured part in the movie named maximilian the robot's named maximilian also and slim pickens robot little bashed in robot says you know be careful don't make him angry he did things to me i sure don't like to think about 
<laughs> what? What did he do to this guy? He did things to me I sure don't like to think about. There's a very bizarre, very uh, dark sexual component to this movie. Uh, yeah, I don't want to starting okay. starting with the title and ending. <laughs> yeah, especially in a moment that is never explained before. Or there's no lead up to it. And it's never explained after where Reinhardt, Maximilian Schell, who plays Reinhardt, his master big robot servant, Maximilian, Mm-hmm. Um, who's doing all his evil deeds. At one point, he, Maximilian Schell pulls Yvette Mimieux aside and says, protect me from Maximilian. Save and me like, from Maximilian. Are we taking a left <laughs> turn where he's actually a good guy and he's being held captive by the robots? But no, it's never addressed again. That, that somehow... Mm-hmm. It's never addressed again. Until the very, very end. I was waiting for. There's a line that I was waiting for that if I had written or directed this movie, it would have been in there. There would have been one moment when Reinhardt, played by Maximilian Schell, was in a hurry during the final countdown, and he would have turned to his big robot and said, because he's German, and he has a German accent, it's a takeoff on, on Werner von Braun, he would have said, Maximilian Schnell. Perfect. Right? Perfect. That, that, why would have been very that in the movie? Because they already had the line, you're a bad robot. <laughs> you're a bad robot. Says, you're a bad robot to his robot. He made yeah. robots. <laughs> yeah. And his plan, see, so the plot here, we got a little derailed on this plot. I just want to make sure everybody understands. Uh, explorer spaceship with a crew, uh, it finds a black hole, they don't want to get too close to it or they'll get sucked into the black hole as you do, but they find this ship circling the black hole. That's managing not to get sucked into the black hole. So they board the ship and they meet Maximilian Schnell who has, who was supposed to be on board with like hundreds of people and crew members and they're all gone. And he's created a race of robots and one giant red devil looking robot that flies around and has like a propeller blade on its arms. And for what purpose? I don't understand. I guess two cans of space tuna is very hard to open. So he needs that. He needs that. Um, and so they get to, they have dinner and they're talking to Maximilian Schnell. They're like, Hey, thanks for letting us come by your spaceship. Where have you been? You've been out here missing. He's like, and he's like, is my dad here? And he's like, no, he's dead. And she's somewhat sad. Doesn't seem to be that upset about it. I don't know why. Um, and then they have dinner and he says, um, I'm going to fly my ship into the black hole. And they all say, that's a bad idea. And he's like, no, because I think if I do that, I'll become one with God. And they're like, oh, that's crazy. But Anthony Perkins says, I kind of like this guy. This sounds like a plan. Um, yeah, what do they do? What do they do? I don't want to give anything away. They try to, what do they do? They escape, they help him. They, they try to ki- kill him. It's a, a battle of wits, very uh, trapped on a spaceship, going towards a black hole. What will happen? Very suspenseful. <laughs> That's the film we're talking about. Very suspenseful. With a okay, I mean, d- not going to give it what. Suddenly, we're worried about spoilers on this one. No, <laughs> no, I can't. We have to spoil it because the ending. Where Maximilian Shell, the villain in this movie is killed 
by a flat screen TV dropping on him. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's but, the, how... the, but the crazy great thing is that that was the flat screen TVs hadn't been invented yet. So it's very <laughs> prophetic, <laughs> but stupid. That's, that's how he dies. A giant, like the flat screen t- a TV, the size of the one that I had in my living room in Burbank. It's like a jumbo. It's like a jumbotron falls on him. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> um, incredible. I mean, it's so incredible. The the, I honestly urge everybody to see the movie. I can't. I couldn't. I can't recommend it highly enough. I can't believe you had a bad time watching it, at all. I enjoyed. Cool. I enjoyed uh, Ernest Borgnine's tweed leisure suit. Oh God, he did too. What he was like? Finally, something comfortable to wear on a movie. What was that? It wasn't um, a sweat-stained, you know, bandolero and and uh, <laughs> hot leather pants like and he usually got at, to wear. At the end of the movie, we, suddenly we get a we we find out that the robot is actually, you know, Satan. Shh, don't hell. don't. Why are you doing that? This is disrespectful. I don't like the way that you disrespect this movie. The music, we, okay. Also, the music, which is a, which is he's a good he's a good composer. He's done other right. John Barry, Barry. he's done other stuff. James Bond movies. They only had enough money to pay him for about sixteen bars of music, because they just repeat those sixteen bars of music over and over again through the whole movie. You're you are the toughest customer I have ever served at a bar. You are yeah. unpleased. You nothing pleases you. Nothing. No, there are lots I, of things I, that please me. You know what pleases me is is psychotic, uh, um, uh, um, psychotic heroes who are horrible people are guys who I would want. <laughs> you have that in this movie. It's it's in here. Everything's in this movie. No, I don't. I mean, you like... have a beer with Reinhardt. Okay, I gotta stop. I gotta stop. I gotta take a minute. I can't. I can't. This is heartbreaking. This is heartbreaking. You're you 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 trivialize you trivialize this experience in a way that is it's unfair. This is one of. I mean, why I does feel, that? Why does that Mimya turn into an angel in the in the final sequence of the movie? What's the best? You're blowing it right now. Please stop. Please, why would you do it? This is because here's the example. What's the best beer you've ever had of a certain kind? That wouldn't be everybody's flavor, but like the but like you got to try it. Um right now um Six Points Bengali. Okay. This is a Six Points Bengali in its weight class. This movie, for what it kind of movie it is, is literally a, a a it's 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 a magic. It's like a unicorn. It is it is something to cherish, and love, and repeat view, and and learn lines from, and analyze, and be able to talk about. It is titanically important to 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 terrible cinema. This movie should be. I mean, what? Okay. Can we can we agree that this and Mommy Dearest would be the best double bill of all of all time? Mm. Go to the theater, have a couple of beers at the theater, and watch that those two movies in a crowd together. The best the best night of all time. 
I think that would the, the room couldn't even couldn't uh, even see, handle. Here's the thing: is I could see enjoying this movie the second or third time I watched it, but not the first time. I think I would so enjoy, different. I think I would enjoy it much more in in the same way that I enjoy watching um uh watching um Valley of the Dolls with a certain group of friends who basically have the movie memorized. That is a fun experience. But the fun experience for me is because of the lens through which they're watching it. It's not the movie itself. But that's but that's you have to put that lens on. My whole point is that you. But I didn't have that lens when I watched this movie. Can you buy those glasses though and put them on when you're going to watch these kinds of movies? Because that's to me the only like half the fun is trying to think of them making this thing. It's them on the set making. It's like yeah, this is the movie, but that's actually Robert Forrester trying to get through this goddamn scene. He has to make the worst. He's got to rescue the girl, Princess Leia style, like Han Solo style, in the middle of this movie. She's literally she's wearing a tinfoil hat. There's no other way to say. I have it. the photograph. Please. Do you want to see? Yes. Yes. Okay. Here we go. Let's see the tinfoil hat. Here we go. Yeah, okay. In this film, we have seen most up-to-date, like, matte painting optical special effects that were possible at that time. Get inside, costume design, tinfoil hat. Yeah, and it was about... It, and it's a tinfoil hat that it looks like it's like they made it in about quickly. We need we need something for her head. It and, looks like the director made it in like on the it's on the spot. Wrapped tinfoil yeah. on her head. It was head. like that's fine. It'll yeah. work. <laughs> Let's shoot this. <clears throat> yeah, I get um, lost. I just get lost watching it because it's so there's every every single scene. It, it is howlingly ridiculously. Uh, uh, bad with this mixture of like occasionally a shot that's brilliant. Uh, right. They threw so much money at this movie. They were so panicked. They were Don't so we old. This, this shot that I love, where we're 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 in a, in a an immense room where in the entire scene there's just general lighting on everything. There's just general a general wash of light over the entire room that they're in. But then we get this shot of maximilian shell who for some reason has dramatic lighting right on his eyes yeah there's a lot which of is that coming, which is coming from nowhere no it's nowhere that it's nothing. roger deakins would shoot himself in the head if he saw this this shot well i think he wouldn't because of how it really accents the hair which is it's let's what, face it oh you should have wait wait are you are you talking about this hair this spectacular, this spectacular do. <laughs> have you ever seen? Have you ever seen anything more glorious? It's all real. It's fantastic. It and is, it is that pretty. dude. That dude looks like uh, I'm having terrible feedback. This is terrible. I sound awful right now. You sound great to me. Um, he does look like Chris Pine. 
like a German Chris Pine. In German there. Cr- Actually, Chris Pine looks fairly German, but I believe that's Chris Tannenbaum to you. Um, uh-huh. <laughs> um, then we have we have this uh, photograph, which I call some are some aren't um, because there's a scene in which they're in a space <laughs> that is going through unbelievable turbulence. And, and Joseph Bottoms and Robert Foster are flinging themselves all over the place. And, and Yvette Mimieu apparently said, I'm not rocking myself around anymore. I'm just going to yeah, sit here. She's done. She's done. She says, someone's going because to have to do that for me. She's sitting there while they're being, they're being thrown back and forth in their chairs. Yes. Um, here's also a picture of uh, one of the other main ca- characters. Uh, there was the robot that played voiced by um roddy mcdowell um who is a smart a smart ass combination of r2d2 and c3po british voiced obviously again and um this one's kind of a little tough guy a little 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 uh he's 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 a he's a crack shot with laser guns uh worst sequence in the film i'm afraid has your friend in it uh it's not his fault but no but the shooting the shooting gallery sequence is is uh is is remarkable because i think it really um it's really to the point like this is disney making their adult first adult movie you know this is the first movie they ever made that was pg-13 yes um was it pg-13 or was it just no pg Yeah, it was the first PG rated movie. Yeah. What's weird about it is that it really should be PG 13 because it's not okay. Like, there are several things in this movie that they don't know whether they're making a movie for a kind of grown up audience or for little kids because there's a cartoon robot. But that cartoon robot with the cute voice that looks like R2D2 also has blades on it that disembowel somebody at the end of the movie. In that one of the more horrifying scenes, yeah, it it goes off the rails to like violent town. Anthony Perkins gets disemboweled by by blender hands on this giant red robot, yeah, and it's disturbing. Yeah, <clears throat> the plot centers around. This is a sci-fi movie for about a black hole for kids with robots that fly around, cute yeah. robots. And, you and it's see, based. Do we want to see the black ba- hole? sure which um there's one thing you, you about... don't want to hear what i have to say so let's i do want to hear i do i do oh it's fine it's no fine. i want to hear i'm not going to say it i'm just simply not going to say it I want show, to us hear... a, show us some pretty pictures i want to know if you wanted to see the black hole no, That's i'm just you... i feel i just wanted to share this joy i wanted i had so much joy in me before the show and I'll then i thought we'd share sense. joy and you're just like hey it's meh it's not only bad it's <laughs> meh I hated this movie. I, I love it. I we so disagree. I would see it again tonight. I would if I could see people. I'd invite them over tonight and screen it on, on like a projector. If I finish I, this I, bottle of Batch Twenty Two, I may be watching it again tonight. Can we play the? Can we play the clips that I painstakingly chose and yes, thought about I, all these day? I love, actually, this uh, is an example. This is you get some of the idea of the plot, and this is a lot of deliveries from some of the cast, but mostly Maximilian Shell as the crazy mad scientist all right here we go some some great some great hits greatest hits from the black hole 
Can you crank the volume? Yeah. I'm going to go back to the beginning. I didn't live exactly. You've lived out here for 20 years alone? 20 Earth years, but I didn't live exactly alone. I've created companions of a sort. Have you met the Goon Squad? <laughs> Goon Squad, nice. There is enough instant energy down there to supply all of Earth. The first step to colonizing the galaxy. You will be remembered as one of the greatest space scientists of all time. Are you interested in black holes? <laughs> How can one not be overwhelmed by the deadliest force in the universe? That long dark tunnel to nowhere. Or somewhere. These are exactly answers yet to be explored. Into the black hole. In. Through. And beyond. <laughs> the word impossible is the booth that only found in the dictionary of fools. <laughs> I must have created all this. But what caused that cause? That man is headed straight for the black hole. Your, Your cracks unit outwitted and outfought by some earth robot and that antique from Starrick. Give them distance. And blow them out of the sky. <laughs> I just that's the most amazing collection of insanity. It's insane. This movie is completely insane. Oh, oh my god. Okay. Okay. <laughs> See, now now I'm in a place. Okay. Uh, I'm a little bit <laughs> with you now because having seen it, see, I could sit down with you and and have a few beers or <laughs> now it's legal in new york you know smoke up a little and have smoke, a, yeah, yeah smoke up and watch this movie and have the best time of my life now uh, uh, that's the setup that's haven't yeah. seen it yes okay okay if, if if it's that you know put it in that in that category with valley of the dolls with, yes you know with like mommy the, dearest you know, like, yeah the the scene in valley of the dolls when 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 patty duke is dancing and her her necklaces start going like like in synchronized this way around yeah um i could i could get down with that it's titanically misfired it's so yeah. hugely misfired now, I just like, let's put another spin on this. So Disney went through all this trouble, raised all the, they spent a bajillion dollars on this thing. It collapsed under its own weight. It wasn't well received. And guess what? Guess what movie got released before is Alien. So they're following Alien. They had no choice. Same year, months later, Black Hole after Alien. See, those movies, to me, this movie and Alien look like they're made, technically, in, in two decades apart. Some of it does and some of it doesn't, totally honestly. Like, most of it looks like it's a 50s, like, this is from the 50s, like, that level of just terrible. Like, yeah. the, some of the interior sets are bad. Some of the interior sets are really good. I mean, most some of the costumes are bad. Movie looks like looks like Forbidden Planet to me. Go back and look at some of the stills 
from this movie and put them against even 2001, um, anything that was made at that time, Alien. Actually, these shots to me, some I prefer some of the special effect shots that I do the space shots to, to the, the ones in Alien. Literally, yeah. I, I I think they're what I, what you're feeling is that I think there was a little bit of a style choice to the designs of of the space and the lighting and the black hole itself. It's a little bit like a Disney ride, but that being said, I think they did an incredible job with um with those matte paintings and how those things look those ships looked very much more real in in a three-dimensional space um than a lot of movies at the time and then you've got this mixed in with some of the most dated ridiculous why would a child like scenes that a child no children would like that no adult would want to see but yet it it comes together into this into this fantastic mess scored by john barry you're right so you've also got this lush the guy who did all the james bond scores like yeah this lush like very atmospheric exciting dark adventure movie it feels like a bond movie at times and then you cut inside and it's like a cartoon robot talking about getting like like creepily attacked by another robot and saying that he's mentally scarred the whole thing is just crazy <laughs> okay let's talk about the ending now walt disney decides to end the movie they go into the black hole there's no other way around it they everything right. goes wrong maximian shell wins the fight and they're like they have no other choice but to kind of like just drive into the black hole yeah so can you describe what happens they go into the black hole uh they're spinning around in the ship going whoa right they go into like sort of time and space is distorting time and space is distorting it's a slight nod to the 2000 the end of 2001 zipping through the the i whatever the uh, esp sphere <laughs> i mean not the the, the uh the uh, lsd sphere we'll call it uh-huh and they end up in Dante's Inferno with Maximilian the robot as so, sort of looking like um, Satan on top of Witch Mountain in the great animated section, Night on Bald Mountain in Fantasia. That's it. Want to get? He's you want to get? Yeah, he's up there. Let's creep you out even more. So Walt Disney wants to end this movie with the birth of Satan. Okay, that's the yeah. Walt Disney movie. It's the birth of Satan, who who is merged with his creator Maximilian Shell, who is now inside Satan, inside. looking out of his eyes. Right. We learn this from a pullback from Maximilian Shell's eyes in the one of the most impressive shots I've ever seen in a movie, and and I, I can't believe that you would see this and not go, wait a minute. This looks like it's like a D, it's like D.W. Griffith organized this. It's huge. This it's gigantic. The pullback is unbelievable. No digital effects. It's one camera move. It's an entire soundstage. They come through a lava pit. There's fig. There's forms of like you know sad people marching through the pits of hell. There's fire. There's lava. One shot that Disney spent hundreds of thousands of dollars on to tell children about the birth of Satan. I don't understand the meeting. What happened in that meeting? 
I don't know. And then and then Yvette Mimieux turns into an angel it, and literally some tube goes down a, a mirrored like Xanadu hallway. Right. And and then we're back. Everything's good, and we're back in the spaceship, and everybody's okay. They yeah. just go through, and they get to Earth again. Like they get home. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a complete like biblical. It's doubling down on on like a biblical Christian fear based weird dogmatic like thing. Birth of Satan, but with, but with no structure to it, no lesson to it, no no. Not, if if this, then that, or do no. this, or else. No, it's like it's like it's obvious. Like everybody knows that's what you what happens to you when you go through a black hole. <laughs> but here, here's what it looks like. Here's what you know. Yeah, incredible. I mean, I, I I was sitting there with my mouth on the floor. Like this is straight up. I mean, that shot could have been from from Lord of the Rings. It was. It's really messed up like it's actually freaky weird so there was obviously a part where anthony perkins was like oh my god i i die on page 78 oh thank god i'm dead everybody else was so jealous i remember i was doing a play once in los angeles um where i played a priest Uh, i know don't even talk about but i kept saying in rehearsals uh we'd be talking and the writer would be there and i'd say you know it would be I think there's a little cut that would make the, I was father Ray. Um, uh, and I, I kept saying there's a cut that would make this scene just really sing, I think. And he'd say, what? I said, just a tiny little cut. If you cut this part here where it says Ray enters, I think this scene would just take <laughs> off. <laughs> Trying desperately to get written out of the play. Yeah. Well, these guys made a lot of money. They were they were paid top dollar by Disney, I'm sure, to appear in the biggest, most adult movie Disney ever made up until that point, The Black Hole. That was and we're going to end it. The box we're going to end it. We're going to end this movie that we want children to see with a visual homage to The Exorcist. <laughs> oh, my which God. They, which they did. Do you know that shot is literally the most clear thing that it is is a ripoff of the of the shot from the exorcist really i did not know that uh yeah the the demon in the exorcist appears a couple of times in the desert and there's a shot in a sandstorm of it standing on the top of a mountain and it looks exactly like that freaking robot ah really okay because so. i thought it was the night on bald mountain uh the night on bald mountain picture from, it, uh, it, it, it is it is that too but but if you look at the exorcist shot it's also that ah okay which is kind of a ripoff of night and bald mountain because there's this this picture here which is very much um very similar different color but the look is the same here let me let me pull it up for you there we go. This one here. Yeah, the sister. Where is it? Ah. Well, I don't know. It does I mean, you know. It, there it, we go. There we go. Yeah, so no, you're right. You're really you're right about that. Um I, I wish I had the ability to control the computer and show you the exorcist shot, but you can't you can't control things? I don't want maybe I don't want to. I don't know. It might be that. 
<laughs> um, I'm too control. I'm told I'm too controlling as it is. No, I love it. Ex well, um, tell me what to Google. Exorcist um, Devil Yeah. Let me see. Ah, uh, is it? Is it this fantasticness? Um, this here, share Chrome tab with the exorcist there. There you go. That's one of them. It appears a couple times, but that's that's this thing that is. Yeah. Okay. Yep. There we go. Fun um, stuff. Good for the kids. They it's love for kids. That. It's for kids. Just a little bit adult. For kids. God, that bit. Maximilian robot is so pissy, too. I love how uh, he's just like, he's got an attitude. Like, anybody that comes on the ship, he like, he like eyes them, he looks them up and down with his one laser eye, and he he's really like, uh, he's so touchy for a robot. Yeah. Yeah. I also didn't know uh, that, what I love about this, too, is that when they go on the psychedelic uh, ride through the um, eye of the uh, black hole, the titular black hole, um, they all hallucinate. They have these weird, you know, because time and space is bending and the people are hallucinating. And then they cut to the robot, who is also hallucinating. Right. Interesting theory about robots. I didn't know they could hallucinate. Did you something interesting about the hallucinations they had, though? The hallucinations that they had only involved dialogue that they had already spoken within the film itself. Yes, that's right. That's right. <laughs> it, doesn't, it doesn't involve dialogue. Well, doesn't involve their childhood. Nothing else that they ever well, we, Otherwise, we might get confused. They didn't <laughs> want to confuse us. Right. Um also, yeah. I mean, come on, the movie star this movie, they doubled down so hard on it. This movie has an overture. Yeah. It was one of the last movies to have an overture, or the last. I think it was the last one. And now we know why. <laughs> Although John, you know, John Barry wasn't the problem. He wrote a great score, really. Okay. Um, is there any moment in the movie that stands out for you? Because there was one moment in the movie where I suddenly went. Oh my God, a genuine moment that would work in another movie. Of, you probably, of, did you have, did you have commercial breaks when you saw yours? No, no commercial. Oh, I was thinking maybe you saw a commercial in the middle of this <laughs> by accident. No, one of the actors had a reaction to something in one moment that I, I bought and thought would have worked in some other movie. I didn't notice it. It was Yvette Mimieux's reaction when she sees that the army, that the people who are in the, the army of robots are actual people. When she sees the face of one of the people and she okay. responded with a moment of genuine. Okay. Emotion. That's uh, okay. Hats off to Yvette Mimieux, who up until this point was really only known as the, or best known as the, um, bikini-clad bikini uh, future girl of the time machine of H.G. Oh, really? the time machine. Oh, okay. I didn't know that. Yes. I did not um, know that. So, uh, okay. W what do we do here? I mean, uh, do we see it again and review it again next week? 
I or... think so. I think I think we have to watch it again, and we'll devote next week's episode to it as well. I'm going to tell you what I think. Genuine moment. That's great. It's not an acting moment. I, I think all the acting is incredible in this freaking movie. But I, I, for different reasons, obviously than 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 you. But um, I, how about that asteroid coming down the hallway? That's a great shot. That's a straight up amazing effect. That is an amazing effect, and it actually made me stop and check if this movie was made before or after. Before Raiders of the Lost Ark. Exactly. Before. Yeah. I stopped and I said, are they ripping off Raiders? And then I realized, no, this was made before Raiders. Yeah, yeah. And it's really good. And see, that that that's like, that's a hard effect to do. And, and um, that was like top-end technicians and effects artists and you know, camera people like That's working to make something me out about this movie so much. And I think what, what threw me is that there was, there were things where I said, how did they do that? And then also do, why did they do that? Why did they do that? <laughs> also do other things that were, that made no sense and were terrible blatantly bad like like stuff from a from a from like a green acres show or some yeah. great like just like what why why does anybody think that that a child would go to this movie like excited that ernest borgnine was in it for instance it's like the casting yeah, is off like on, what ernest borgnine not not for kids <laughs> they'd already seen han solo yeah. two years ago they'd seen han solo right in one or year or so the Empire Strikes Back was going to come out. Like, that's how behind this movie is. It's sad. But it's yeah. amazing. It's yeah. amazing. That Reinhardt sure likes to play God, doesn't he? <laughs> Reinhardt. Oh, my God. Um, Just uh, tremendous. And it doesn't overstay its welcome. It's short. It's not a long movie. It's not like they make these giant, long, epic space movies that honestly just get so boring after a while. To me, like, okay. 2001's not boring, but it's boring like 25, 30 years later when we're still seeing like, no, sorry, 30, 40, 50 years later. Oh, still, my God. Still champion space movie. Did you know that before you were born, Adam and I walked around on the moon set the excavation of the uh yeah i did know you you've told me that and I, i've been uh jealous of you for that ever and we since. didn't know it we didn't know what it was we were we were just wandering around pinewood studios and wandered into this empty set this yeah that's incredible stage it was amazing you just got to walk in like there weren't guards or anything. That's that's no, weird. It was back back in the day where that they didn't need guards and crazy yeah. stuff. It was just you know it was just England and nobody would be in there who wasn't supposed to be. We were just wandering around Pinewood. Yeah, crazy. Did talk. you see? Did you see the uh, the apes? No, no, no. We we just walked into this soundstage that was a. a like, oh, what's in this building? Oh, it's the moon. Oh, there's right, an excavation right. pit with a black thing in it. I wonder what this is. And then we walked off and talked to the kids who were shooting H&R Puff and stuff. Um, Did, um, oh, that was a more fun choice for a little kid, for sure. Yeah. Did you did you when you saw 2001? Did you remember like, yeah, that we was realized, the set? oh, my gosh, we were there. 
when the LSD wore off that you started to have memories. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, just, um, okay. So many things. I will watch this movie again with you and enjoy it the second time. Next time I'm in Los Angeles and I come to visit, we'll throw this on and have some batch 22 and, uh, and have a laugh. Wow. Just bizarreness. I'm looking at my notes to wonder if there's anything else here that I I wanted to talk. Oh, it, the the ride. That's what we haven't really talked about. Is that they they were planning a ride. Oh, I I, I bet they were. Weren't, wouldn't they? Yeah. Shot, there was a whole and and it was part of how they shot the movie because you can you can even see. Well, they get into the one of those ride chairs. This, this is a ride. Yeah. That's the ride that they're going to be on. Mm-hmm. Um, but it uh, it um, apparently they decided not to build the Once ride. the movie was a disaster, they didn't yeah. want to build a ride. It was all they were sad. Future world is at Disneyland. They were the you know world of tomorrow and all of that. I would have gone on that ride. I'd go on it I, tonight. Yeah. Um, Maximilian Schell. Just see the movie for him. Just watch. Watch an, a great actor who took a job for the money with hopes that it would be good and got to this, got to California. And the minute he walked on the set, realized he was in a disaster. His best work since Krakatoa, east of Java. He started drinking in the limo on the way to the place. <laughs> oh my and God. it just, the only way he'd get through it. That's what I would have done, and he 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 got through it that way. I'm sure. You know, they had to re that they re-recorded almost all of the dialogue in this movie. I heard that two yeah. lines were actually spoken on the set. Can I ask you what? what they're on a soundstage. Like, how freaking noisy is it? Be? How, why do you have to ADR the entire movie? I don't, I don't know. Which is the other thing. The other thing that that lends this crazy thing to the film when you watch it is that there isn't that all the dialogue. It's like an Italian. It's like an Italian yeah. movie. Even though we know everybody's voice, like that's it's I their mean, voice, yeah. Like I knew Anthony Perkins, he was, yeah. he was a lovely guy on the set of Catch 22, he was friendly and <clears throat> he was a lovely guy. I liked him, and it's his voice, it's not somebody else's voice, yeah. but it still comes off like an Italian movie. And, and I think it actually lends another layer of ridiculousness to the movie, too, because you've got the performances that they gave on the set, which you can see as the movie goes on, they're more unhappy as they go. Like this is this there. This is an unhappy group of actors for the most part, except for <laughs> Ernest Borgnine, who doesn't seem to give a shit what movie he's doing. And um, it's a sinking ship, a disaster. And then the worst comes the thing happens, and they have to go back after the movie's finished and do all their dialogue again, yeah. which means they're twice as bitter as they were when they shot it. So their ADR lines have a little extra edge of sorrow and sadness <laughs> that they wouldn't have had on the day of shooting, which gives it that extra bounce. <coughs> oh my gosh. Oh goodness. It's so good. I, I love watching corporate big corporations make giant mistakes. I think I that's bet. part of what I love about this. It's just oh, like okay. Go Disney, yeah. You go, you go. You try to beat yeah. Star Wars, and Mouschewitz. look what happens. Yeah, this is what happens it's, at Mauschwitz. It's just incredible. Yeah. Well, I'm glad our our relationship seems to have survived this. <sighs> Boy, I've just I just wanted to. I'm so glad you. Thank you for for stepping outside your comfort zone to look through 
uh, my lens for a second and uh, uh, it took courage to do it. I know, but it was worth it. It was worth it. I will enjoy it the second time. I, I stand by not having enjoyed it the first time. I I, uh, I laughed so I was all day. It was a, but just this wasn't a joy. The first time you saw it, right? I I saw it as a child, so I guess I knew that I was in for mommy dearest in space. You, what you were in for? See, yeah. I I didn't know that. Oh. I I would have been just as happy. Be, I would have just been just as happy being surprised. You really? Okay. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I was just, I, I was aghast. This but kind now, of movie makes me deeply happy. Yeah, but the, the next time I'll enjoy it. Okay. Okay. I promise. Look, I would see you would see this before you'd see Harper again, probably. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Because Harper's just ultimately yeah. kind of like disappointing. This is yeah. not. This is just like I'd have. Is, I'd have a prostate biopsy before I'd see Harper again. <laughs> some people. Some people might like that. I don't know. I'm, I'm, who am I to judge? Yeah. I just know that this movie for kids has a C-3PO robot like dismembering somebody right like the shower scene from from uh scarface it's literally like that's bad yeah but darker than amber i would watch again before watching this i would watch that in a split screen with this movie at the same time <laughs> screen with this movie okay cool awesome what are we doing next week well we're on a sci-fi kick here yeah right? yeah um, well, I, I picked black hole. Is there anything on your mind? Uh, anything you want to get off your chest here? Any movies you need to, um, well, we, we can't find Colossus, the Forbin project, apparently. Um, no, can't find that. There um, isn't, there isn't a science fiction movie with, with these people in it with any, from anybody from this movie, you know, doing our swinging from tree to tree is Robert Forster in any kind of great science fiction movie we want to watch. I don't think so. Um, one great. I mean, a great, this is a great one, but, uh, Robert Forster. let's try to see, let's try to make up something really fast and really cool. Inner Inter I don't want to do another Dennis Quaid movie. No, I just don't. Neither does Dennis Quaid. Look, he's it's fine if he wants to retire. He's fun, but whatever. Um, he didn't know that you were an actor. That bothered me. That story bothered me. So what do you do? Google me. God damn it! What do you think I do? <laughs> I, I do not. Why would I be at your house if I weren't in show business? What do you What do you think I do? Because I was dating this lovely woman. That's why. What do you think I do? How about the last Starfighter? All right, the last that, that must be somewhere. We saw that. I think didn't we see that together ages ago? In the we theater? may have. Is that available on Amazon Prime? Let me find out. 1984, Last Starfighter. It is on Prime. It is rentable. There we go. The Last Starfighter. Tune in. Is that am I gonna hate it? You've already seen it. I have no memory. Um, you you want to sit here and have everybody watch you watch the trailer to see if you if the movie's up to snuff? No, we'll just dive in and watch it, and we'll talk about it next week. All right.
I promise I'll have a better attitude. You didn't have a bad attitude. I'm the one who brought the bad attitude. Um, I feel like you're worried about this not working out. So maybe you should pick a movie because I don't want to. Oh. I don't want to. I don't want to. I'll feel bad because if you don't like it, that's me on me again. No, I want to go for the last Starfighter. All right, we're going for it. It's happening. Last Starfighter. We'll see you next week with that one. Yes, it's going to be absolutely spectacular. Oh, I didn't mean to do that yet. Doesn't matter. Well, there's, only, there's only one person watching, and it's mom. So what does she care that I stop the show? I didn't stop the show. All right, we're going to stop the show now, um, and uh, we're going to play the end titles. And we'll see you all next week for The Last Starfighter. Good night, everybody. Good night. You've been listening to the Arkin Brothers Talk About Movies. That's my brother, Matthew Arkin. And that's my brother, Anthony Arkin. And we are interesting, irreverent, and irrelevant. But you can follow us on Instagram anyway. You can also subscribe to our newsletter and check out our merch. And you can do it all on our website. Just follow the link on your podcast app. Or if you really want to stalk us, head over to arkinbros.com. You'll learn more about us than anyone would ever want to know.